Welcome back to a special episode of Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the greatest team in Group D. I don't care what those North Londoners have to say. Uh, you got gifted one. Um, Big time. <laughs> Matt in New York, Chris in Detroit here. We're just going to jump right into it. It's a celebratory evening here. Eintracht Frankfurt 2, Sporting Lisbon 1. The Eagles move on to the round of 16 in the Champions League. I don't know, dude. Let's, to think of it that, A, we were winning the group until Tottenham scored in the 95th minute was, you know, an amazing thought to have. But the fact that we're going through the Champions League group stages is incredible i mean someone tweeted it out earlier today literally six and a half years ago we were fighting in the relegation playoff stages then you know we win the dfb april call a couple years after that we win the europa league a couple years after that and here we are sitting in the europa league uh groups or knockout stages like what the fuck dude like we were hyped up yesterday like we were so excited like and granted like i was like yeah, like this is just our bias and talking here, but this team fucking did it. And I mean, I, I, I warned I warned you, I warned the listeners, like, hey, like, even after we conceded that first goal, it's like don't panic, like we always concede a goal. It's gonna happen. And lo and behold, we conceded one goal. We ended up scoring two more goals. Kolomani is a fucking tank. He's a beast. Anska Knauf made an incredible debut with that assist to uh, Kolomani. I mean, Gutsa played out of his mind. Kamada was using his extra like extra tank to, you know, tr- uh, dragging his feet on the pitch there. I hope Lindstrom is okay. You know, I think he got a little uh, injured. That's why we subbed him off in the in the uh uh, halftime, but I mean, Sebastian Rode, holy crap, that man is a warrior. I mean, he won every single battle. He put his body on the line. I mean, this was an incredible team effort. I mean, we didn't even need to have Kevin Trapp on too many occasions. I mean, that was an unlucky goal that Sporting scored against us. I mean, that's a a flick to the back post is one of the most deadliest things ever to happen. I mean, Trap also had it, but it was very unexpected. If the if the ball, you know, if it was a more unexpected shot, Trap would have saved it with ease. But it doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't fucking matter. We're going on to the knockout stages. Holy shit, <laughs> Matt! You touched on it um, when you touched on that relegation. Just how recent that was. Uh, that was May twenty third in Nuremberg, and I was there. Um, my wife and I lived about, I don't know, about a 15, 20 minute drive from there. And I remember driving over to that match and she was like, you know, you're really usually fired up when we go to Frankfurt matches. And right now you're just kind of quiet. You look scared. You know, is everything okay? I'm like, it's not. Um, I thought I was going to a funeral. <laughs> and and until Harris Safarovich saved us there at the end, it kind of was a funeral. It had that weird feeling of, oh, my God, here we go again. Because we had just done it a few years before. Like, click the restart button. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of felt like it was just here, you know, we're going to have to rebuild and restart. And we've done this, what was it, like three times in the previous 10 years. It just it felt like that's where we were going. And, you know, this isn't a, a remember the past moment. But I remember sitting there. After that match, after the glory of surviving the relegation playoff, 
and just thinking, what if? And I, you know, I'm no prognosticator. It's not like I, in my wildest dreams, I never predicted these kinds of heights coming off a relegation battle. But the way things developed, um, going from a relegation playoff to a, a Pokal final, and then winning it the following year, qualifying for Europa League and steadily advancing through that tournament, ultimately winning it last year. I talked about it last night, and I'm going to say it again. Today wasn't a crowning achievement. It was another step in the progression of the club. Um, I think when, it was a crowning achievement. Well, yeah. In the sense that it's this, something we've never done. This is what I was saying done. last night. Now, now let's, uh, this is where we can start debating now what, what is more it. impressive, the Europa League win or moving on to the group stages, especially with the group of death where all four four teams could potentially win the group, mind you. I love it. Let's get into this because here's why I, I think today is more important. Because nobody remembers the Europa League champion. Nobody. Like, I can't name in the last 10 years a Europa League champion because it just doesn't matter on the global stage. Now, getting right. out of... It's usually Sevilla, Sporting, or a Premier League team, and that's about it. Yes. But getting out of the Champions League itself, nobody remembers that either. Uh, getting out of the group stage, I mean, like, it's not like today is going to make us infamous in any way whatsoever, but... To me, getting to the Champions League is great. And we we talked about it last night. It's something I've been harping on. But going to the Champions League and bowing out and saying, well, at least we made it, 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 to me, that just wasn't good enough. If you're going to make it to the Champions League and invest the money in players and guys like Mario Goza, who is written off by the Bundesliga, who we brought back at a salary that some people literally laughed at, is being way too much for a guy who has never produced at the level it was expected after his World Cup heroics. Um, bringing in guys like that and uh, depth guys. You know, Alario hasn't lived up to the billing so far, but you better believe that depth has helped us get to where we are right now. Guys like Kolo Muani, who uh, Nantes just kind of... I mean, they, they didn't give him away for free. We spent... Well, they kind of let him go for free, but they weren't willing to spend on him. We spent a little bit of money. The payoff on him has been enormous. Guys like uh, Daichi Kamada, who I gave up on. I fucking gave up on him years ago. And Same here. Dude, Same here. Hands up. We were wrong. Dude. <laughs> we were wrong. Yeah, guilty as charged. I will, continue, uh, I will continue to say that I was wrong. We owe Brian in Kansas City the biggest uh, – the biggest Moss beer available because he's been saying for years. I mean, even since before I knew who Daichi Kamada was, he's like, yeah, this guy who's coming in next year, he's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm like, I don't know. The sliced bread is pretty good. Dude, that guy. He's up there. He's up there with like Rebic, with Kostic, with uh, Abraham, Hinti. Like he's up there as like a, you know, like Frankfurt legend. Let's talk about when he lined up for that penalty today um, and the lasers all in his face, the smile, the smile on his face, just laughing in the face of 
of those laser beams pointed into his eyes. And he's like, I got this. No big deal, guys. <laughs> I know. I feel like that almost did us a favor with that one because he was just like, all right, cool. Like, I forgot. Like, this is just a soccer game. Like, these people fucking pointing laser pointers in my face. I think I'm all right. You know, let me just bang this in the right corner, make the keeper dive the wrong way. And, you know, <clears throat> let's call it a 1-1 game. I mean, I thought the I gotta, commentary I mean, was absurd at that point. Uh, the, the commentator on the English feed here in the States kind of calling for a review as if that it was some blatantly, you know, horrible call that was made. The player's arms were up above his head. He touched the ball. Look, it, it, yes. I don't According know. to the new rules of Champions League of the Champions League and how they, or I guess FIFA uh, refereeing, like yes, that constitutes as a handball. Whereas you know, if we go back, you know, two, three, maybe even last year, you know, if that were to happen, you know, like there's, you know, he's not looking at the ball, he has no control over his body at that point because Kamada is pretty much bumping into him. And he's just trying to balance himself so he doesn't, you know, go face forward on the floor. Now, if I was a defender, I would be pissed off at it. And I honestly thought that that the penalty was going to get overturned. I'm obviously ecstatic that it didn't and obviously for great reasons. Um, But, yeah, under the new rules, that is what is a handball. If your body is – if your arms are in an uh, an unnatural position, no matter which way your body is positioned – it's it's a handball, and I mean, it, it it you play by the rules, right? Those those are the old Belichick Patriots uh, <laughs> sayings, right there. So the, the rules are the rules, and if you play within them, you know you do what you got to do to win. I feel like this is where everything has gotten so convoluted because from one league to another, or one competition to another, it seems like the rules are constantly different. You watch a Bundesliga one week, Champions League another week, Premier League another week, you're going to see three different calls there. And it's just frustrating. Excuse me. It's frustrating as a fan when you just want to see some consistency in it. But it seemed to me right away he affected the direction of the ball. Whether it was an intentional touch or not, his arm was in an unnatural position and it affected the direction of the ball inside the box. I thought it was the right call by the referee. And Kamada did his part, got the goalie off his toes, and we were off from there. Yeah, I mean, especially how the way this game kind of started with, like, the yellow cards and <laughs> Jokic not keeping his cool for a little bit there, and then Kamada getting yellow card there. I thought the refereeing was going to be a little bit sketchy. You know, I was like, fuck, here we go again. Like, we just had an absolute great ref for Dortmund. Let's have another great ref here for <laughs> Uh, the Champions League game, but you know he he definitely made up for it because you know there's a couple couple fouls that I thought you know didn't should have gone our way that went our way you know so he did, he he definitely ended up refereeing an, an even game so I mean overall this was just a fucking awesome game I mean we were dominating in that game the whole time and like you know the couple of the stats that I refused to read last night were you know. The last time there was a, or maybe I did say this yesterday, where the last time a, a German team went into Portugal, which was in Sporting Lisbon, was Dortmund, and they lost 3-1 to them. And that's when Dortmund was actually good still, when they had, you know, Sancho, Holland, and all of them. Yeah. And I mean, here we are beating them 2-1 in their own stadium, and you could see how shocked the fans were because the cameras were just feeding off of uh, terror, like shocked fans and whatnot. But I mean... We were the, the ones we were that the showed team. up. I don't know why that building was so empty for a game that had so much on the line. Uh, 
there it, had to have been somewhat of weird weird restrictions because where the ultras be. were compared to where the other fans were because where the fans were they were chanting as well i think there's like a separate weird ultra thing going on there i mean i could be completely wrong i have absolutely zero clue about the portuguese league this is where we miss brian a lot but yeah, I mean, you heard the Frankfurt fans a lot more often um, in in the background, especially towards the second half when it was like when we when Kolomani scored. I mean, it was just Frankfurt chance all over the place. Um, it, it, you know, back to the start for a minute because we're just going all over. There's no script on this one. The first 20 minutes kind of felt like a cup final uh, where you're just feeling each other out. Nobody wanted to take any chances. You didn't want to make that risky play that was going to cost your team. And it, I thought sporting had a slight upper hand, but they didn't really take advantage of it. They were afraid to push guys forward when they had the chance. And it allowed our defense to settle in just huge. a little bit. What's that? That left wing, that left wing back injury was huge. Absolutely. That Santos guy. I, I, like I said, no idea about sporting and stuff like that, but it seemed like that completely changed the way they played because you know, with, with the three-five-two, you have to have wingback players who can play the position. If you don't have a, a player to play that position, you know, the system is not going to work. And clearly, that wasn't the clearly that that was the case for the situation for Sporting. So, I mean, that was another crucial thing in those first twenty minutes. And yet, as we as we made our way through that opening phase and feeling each other out, it ended up with Sporting being the ones that took the lead. It was kind of a frustrating play. There was an awkward deflection that put the ball on the goal scorer's foot. I just, it, it didn't seem like a goal that was earned. It was a goal of opportunity. And sometimes yeah, that's what lucky. you had. Yeah. I mean, those things happen. They've happened to us all the time. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, you could argue that our penalty came off a lucky chance that the ball ended up where it did and hit the defender's arm. Um, but I wasn't too worried. I honestly, it, it, it's going to sound ridiculous, uh, but Garrett can back me up. We're sitting in, there at the Detroit City Clubhouse here in Detroit, and I just, there was no panic. It was kind of a feeling of, all right, we've been here before. Let's do what we have to do and make up for it. That goal, to me, when it wasn't earned, when I didn't see them put in the effort to do it, it just kind of happened to be the right ball at the right place at the right time. All right, we move on, and our guys responded. I thought they responded really well from that. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it the whole game was fluid. I mean, Kamada was playing out of his mind. So was playing out of his mind, even though the commentator kept saying Sal. Like, that was just so irritating for some reason. You know, and I'm also dude, really bad with names. I'm not going to fault him so much. But do a, little, <laughs> do a little bit of homework before the game starts. It's not Yeah, bad. like... Listen to Derek Gray, at least, you know, like if you're a commentator, you know, the other commentators. Yes. Um, but either way, I mean, Pellegrini played out of his mind and Dika was a was a freaking beast today. He played out of his mind. I mean, I was all around just a, just an absolute, you know, 90 minute just war where we ended up coming up top. You know, I mean, you could tell we were dragging our feet towards the end. I'm glad that we made the substitutions that we did with Smolchich going back in there. Ali do to help us with some speed. Same with Bore. I mean, Roda obviously was the, the, the man of the match and the super sub of the game. Um, and then Knauf with the assist as well. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it was incredible. You know, we, we, Took our time. Uh, after that sporting goal, we had a couple 
late, late chances, uh, one in the extra time of the first half. And then as the second half opened up, we just kind of took our time and got very methodical in the way we worked in the final third, kind of the way we did against Dortmund, but it didn't result in anything there. We just kind of turned the ratchet just a little bit tighter and a little bit tighter, and we started getting that pressure up. Um, Sporting put in three subs before our first one, and I think that gave Glasner a little bit of an upper hand in saying we have the legs because of the depth we've had in league play and not really total rotation because we're never that kind of team. But we've been able to rotate a few guys in and get our our starters for this match to go a little longer. Um, By the time he put his first sub in, uh, Bore for Kolomowani in the 80th minute, we had that solid 2-1 to lead. And from that point on, it was getting in the guys. I thought Bore, and I'm just going to rant for a second, I thought Bore was outstanding two or three times where he had the ball in the offensive end. And for how, you know, maligned he's been this year. Went to the corner. Not scoring and, you know, not being aggressive as he was last year. He went to the corner once. He went to the sideline twice with the ball to protect it, to kill the clock, knowing he didn't have the support that a quick turnover could lead the other way in a bad way. He's a smart player. And we got to give him credit that even though he's not getting the goal scored, he's making sure that his 10 or 15 minutes on the pitch is important. I thought he was critical to closing that match out today. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what we talked about our the whole beginning of the season. The whole season is all about our depth, you know. And, I mean, here we are talking about how, you know, great boy, small titch, Ali Duroda all played, you know. I mean, they held it down knowing – how the diva can be sometimes a diva towards us. But, I mean, I am obsessed with Dina and Bebe. I mean, I hope we can pull the trigger on his buyout clause or something like that. Probably not because he's just upping his worth currently. But, I mean, that boy can play for how young he is. Yeah. And what he is showing, you talked a a lot about it yesterday, he is showing that balance is attainable in this attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no point where it's, hey, go up the left side or, hey, go up the right side because that's the only thing working. Hell, we can go up the middle if we want to. Uh, and that's part of why we're winning at such an unprecedented rate right now is because you just don't know where to cut us off. And right. the emergence of Abimbe the last couple weeks has really been crucial we knew, Matt, before that Marseille match last week, we knew we needed two wins, that that was the only way out of the Champions League. And he has been absolutely critical in making that happen. And, by the way, when when Mbibbe came off, um, it, I mean, wait, did, no, yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Did. He, he did come off. Um, I thought that was a point where the depth showed because – there was no step down. It was a parallel move to somebody who provided fresh legs, but the same role being played. And for me, yeah. that is the that is Oliver Glasner saying, here's what I need. Marcus Croce saying, here's what I have to offer you. And them meeting on this perfect symmetry of roster development that's not exactly sexy on paper. There's nobody outside of... Um, <laughs> outside of South Central Germany, there's nobody who knows who Daichi Kamada is. 
there's not a lot of people who know who um, Eric Jr. and Bebe is. Like Kolomwani. Kol- uh, they might know Kolomwani because he's doing some highlight. Henri loves Kolomwani. Yeah, let, Jesper Lindstrom. Um, another guy. Like that. That's our little secret, and I want to keep it that way. Uh, but I talked about it yesterday. We don't have to sell anybody now by getting out <laughs> of the group stage. We're not only sellers, and and uh, Brian down in uh, Nebraska brought it up in our group chat today. We're not only sellers with the money made today. We could be buyers. We, you know, not not big time, not the way this club generally works financially, but we could shore up that back line a little bit, get some defensive depth. Um, you know, we got some fragile guys on the wings, it seems. Uh, Pellegrini out there, Lentz out there that just kind of like to, you know, trip over the lines and get hurt. But I don't know. There's some options going into the fall. Uh, Champions League picks up again in, what, February? I mean, we're going to have meaningful games going deep into the winter. And that's such a good change for us. I know. I mean, it's... We're, we're 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 moving up, you know, as a club and all, you know, men, women's soccer, handball, esports, everything like that. Which is, you know, you want to you want to bring the brand out there because you want to be as successful as like the Bayern Munichs, the Manchester United, the Real Madrids, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, obviously, we have a long, long, long way to even hit that part. But I mean, to move in the right direction, especially from where we were like six years ago as well, is. Um, incredible and um i definitely want to go back to my comments to like Jakic and stuff like that like i said like the yellow card and keeping his cool in the head obviously that was hilarious to see him do it but to keep his cool throughout the rest of the match and you know be as effective and as as continue and continue to be as aggressive as he was throughout the game stellar man i mean this guy is an awesome all-around defensive player whether it's like center defensive bid right back center back i mean this guy this guy is a warrior and he continues to be a warrior and i'm i'm, I'm and you know he deserves his flowers as well um i'm looking at these stats right now too from our win today and you know these are actually some fun stats i actually want to share with you um well one fun fact is you know sporting have dropped more points from uh winning positions than any other team in the season's game uh in the group stages uh in all they've done that with eight goals, I guess, or eight points, it looks like they've dropped um, in winning positions. And, <clears throat> ready for this, Frankfurt is the first German club to progress to the knockout uh, rockout rounds in their first participation in the Champions League since, take a guess. Oh, man. Um, read that one more time, I'll the tell- first part of it. Frank, so Frankfurt is a, it's a German club. What yeah. what German club has progressed to the knockout stages after their first participation in the Champions League? I'll give it the year two thousand three, two thousand four. That should be a big hint. Three four. Um, that's going to be right after a title, then, right? Yeah. Or- Literally, name any other teams that have not won the Bundesliga besides Bayern. Um why am I why am I blanking out on this? Now you put me on the spot. It's, I'm not good at it. Stuttgart. <laughs> ah, that's what I was gonna say, but the year didn't sound right to me. I was thinking they were a few years earlier than that. Damn it. No, no, no. I, yeah. Let's go back and edit this. Uh Stuttgart. 
Definitely yeah, Stuttgart there you is the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, you're totally not wrong. No, um, um, I don't remember the Champions League that year. I remember their title, um, but that's a heck of a stat right there. That just goes to show you, you know, a debut in the Champions League is not easy. I know when we did our Champions League preview and I gave the breakdown on a solo episode and talked about all the teams, but I didn't make any predictions. This wasn't really a group of death. I mean, by the definition, I think there's other groups like Bayern, Inter, Barcelona, and Group C is a tough one. Uh, Napoli, Liverpool, Ajax, Rangers, and Group A, there's big names there. But Ours was a cool. Tottenham didn't make this group. This was I feel like this was kind of the this is the closest def I see I definitely understand what you're saying, this but is this is the definition. It, it's this a, is a group of this is the definition of a group of death though. In in a way, but to me the group At of the end death of the day. is where I don't know, group of deaths they're overreactions to big names. You know, like Barcelona hasn't been a big name in Champions League in what, three years now? They bowed out last year, they bow out this year. They'll probably get, you know, 50,000 people from who the fuck knows where invading their, their stadium next uh, next spring because they don't give a shit anymore. I don't know. For me, like, group of deaths are all about overreactions to names. I thought Group D was very balanced, and I actually enjoyed the play in this group um, to the extent, you know, where all four teams could have ended up anywhere from first to fourth. On the final day, actually at halftime here, uh, one of the stats at halftime, we had uh, the Group D breakdown, Sporting in one, Marseille two, Tottenham three, Frankfurt four. And then things just did a whole you know mismatch in the second half. You had Tottenham coming out first, Frankfurt one point behind, Lisbon third, and Marseille fourth. Um, it was so well, the halfway, Yeah, the halfway point was flipped. Tottenham was uh, – we were yeah. last. Tottenham was third. Yeah. Or, or no, Tottenham was last. We were third. Sporting was second and Marseille was first. It's nuts. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I know some people I talked to were disappointed that Tottenham scored that late goal. I, I didn't care because we had ours wrapped up about three or four minutes beforehand. Um, a good friend of ours at, at the bar was uh, a Tottenham fan that was there. You know, it's kind of like, hey, we got lucky on that one. Like, you know, you did. <laughs> I know, I as know. Much as but I to win the to Champions League shit, group would have been so fucking sick, dude. Yeah, we were there it, for it, like three minutes. We were there. As much as I wanted to talk the shit, I think the way that we did it just puts a little bit extra chip on the shoulder. We play so well in that position, being the underdog. Yeah. You know, people. People are going to look at Tottenham. They know they escaped just barely. I mean, they, they would have gotten through with the tie, uh, but it wouldn't have looked as good. There would have been a lot of criticism. Um, you know, their biggest pundits on their side they thought they were just going to literally walk through this group with their eyes closed, and they were pretty scared. At halftime, when they were darn to Marseille, there were a lot of eyes that were not happy on that Tottenham side. So... I. This whole group was just a whole clusterfuck because there was no consistent result whatsoever. It's not like, you know, Tottenham beat a team twice. We didn't beat a team twice. Neither did Marseille or Sporting. I mean, we're going to come at the end of the, uh, by the end of tomorrow, we're going to be the only group here where we have 
no team qualifying with the four wins, you know, and that's kind of unheard of because once you have four wins, it's kind of your automatic ticket, you know. <laughs> and after Sporting started the group stage so strong, uh, kicking our ass, and then I think it was Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah, they they destroyed Tottenham too in the second match. Uh, and Marseille like whooped they them just three away with it, and then they lost back to back to Marseille, and after that, they never oh. really recovered. Or Tottenham, yeah. yeah. I mean. It's it. That's the beauty of the Champions League, I guess. You know, I mean, you know, I see it as a fan, like an outside fan. You know, kind of watching that with all my other friends who are, you know, these fans of like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Liverpool. You know, you know who you are. But um, it's crazy because now I understand how nuts this competition can be. And I mean, to be in, I, I'm gonna, I'm calling this a group of death just because because it's also fitting because you're Group D, D for death. Um, so it's, 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 I'm, I'm just so shook. I mean, I, I, I can't believe Frankfurt is going on to the, the, uh, the knockout stages of the Champions League where we can play teams potentially such as like Napoli, Porto, um, Chelsea, Real Madrid, City, potentially PSG or Benfica. I mean, it's, um, it's awesome. I mean, you, you can't. You kind of want to. You, know, you kind of want to play the top dog, but you also want to kind of play. Uh, you know, not really the top dog and have that easy way out to the Champions League. But I think either way it doesn't really matter because we can prove that we can play anybody in any in any venue anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like I said before, against this te- with um, with. Sporting, like we don't lose to teams back to back, you know, like that's just not in our DNA. So, I mean, if we end up facing Real Madrid, I mean, watch out, <laughs> Matt. We're gonna take a quick break here and then we'll come back for a, a quick closing segment. It's been a fun day, I think we're all tired, I think we all need a break. So, um, tell me, what did you drink today, or what are you drinking now? Continuing, I bought it's kind of funny today because I had to go, I walked back from the gym and I needed some protein shake or protein powder rather. And I also needed some beer. So I walked out of the right aid today <laughs> with a 12 pack of Sam Adams Oktoberfest and some protein powder on the other hand. So probably I was telling people that, you know, I was mixing the protein powder with the beer, but my, my, my poison today is the Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Just kind of getting the last bits of that, their kegs of that. And, um, not really sure if I'm going to – I mean, I'm probably going to have the winter lager. What the fuck am I talking about? But, yeah, I love me with some, some Sam Adams. Good stuff. Uh, so, during the match today, I was drinking the finest beer, of, in my opinion, in the state of Michigan, the M43 from Old Nation. And then, uh, you know, I was feeling good, and, and my wife was driving home from the bar this afternoon. And I was like, hey, do you mind picking up something on the way home? And she's like, yeah, what do you want? I was like, oh, whatever. I don't care, right? I, I should have been more specific. She oh, no. brought me beer from the state of Ohio. Um, oh, no. I don't know if you heard. I really like the state of Ohio. Um, but you know what? <laughs> I kind of lucked out. She found a good one. Um, this is called Dad Beer. Actually, I kind of get it because I'm looking at the can right now. It's like the shape of... Um, the, the cross-thatch pattern of, like, you know, the grass being mowed in such perfectly straight lines. And, yeah, they're, oh, they're trying yeah. To, to get on to my good side because I love to mow the lawn and shit. But, yeah, this oh, yeah. dad beer from um, 
they know their audience with that one. Where's this from? Shit in Natty, Ohio. Yeah, that's that's great. Like it's shit in Natty is shit, yeah. Ohio. Yeah, the uh, beer's nice. fine. Um, but hey, you know what? I'm not complaining today. It's beer. It's a Frankfurt win. Uh, to wherever you are in the half pod universe tonight, uh, friends of Frankfurt, Frankfurt diehards from the start. Whomever you are tuning in, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we cheers to you, Prost. We'll be back for segment two. Welcome back. Segment two, Hey on Track Frankfurt, an episode 245 that is full of jubilation. On Track Frankfurt moves on to the round of 16, the knockout Woo. stages of the Champions League. Uh, not a lot of time to celebrate, Matt. I know we want to. I'd love to just spend the next four days drinking, um, which I might anyway. But uh, we got some work to do on the weekend. We got to go to Augsburg. I know we talked about it. Just briefly in the last episode, because we didn't want want to look ahead too much. But now we kind of got to do it. Um, does the result today and the exuber the uh, exuberant nature of this in any way change the way you feel about where we're going to go this weekend? Um, not really, because you know we are a team that play. We we have we play three different te- teams every you know. Uh, competition, you know, like we play our Frankfurt DFB team, then we play our Frankfurt Bundesliga team, then we play our Frankfurt Champions League team. So, you know, our Frankfurt Champions League team are, you know, champions, you know, we're hoisting them up on the chairs, there's champagne popping, you know, they're having a great point. On the Bundesliga side of things, you know, this is definitely a huge bounce back game for us. I mean, Augsburg are kind of coming off a... <clears throat> Whoa, excuse me. They're coming, coming off that loss against Stuttgart where they kind of lost in the last minute, which was a little bit rough for them. Um, so they're looking for revenge, especially. And, uh, you know, they're not having the best run right now either where, you know, they haven't won a game in the last four. So, you know, us being the diva, you know, uh, we're, we're ready to provide opportunity. We're going to be Robin Hood here in this situation and give them, give them a win. But... Me thinking that kind of flips it completely. You know, I'm flip-flopping here, back and forth, back and forth. I know summer's over, but, you know, it's – I think we're going to come out as, um, you know, victorious here just because, you know, we want to keep fighting for that Champions League spot because now we know how much fun the Champions League is when you would play in it, especially when it qualifies. So, I think having this win actually gives them more motivation to go into this game and kind of put Augsburg to sleep. Yeah, um, we've kind of seen two sides of Augsburg this year. Uh, early in the league campaign, they beat Bayern, which, you know, whatever. Bayern has struggled a bit early in the year, but they're still Bayern. They're still by, you know, 10 times a larger payroll than Augsburg. Uh, but then they went out a few weeks later and lost 5-2 to two to Bayern in the Pokal second round. So you don't know which Augsburg you're going to get. I'm kind of hoping we get the one that's allowed 21 goals on the year, which is just horrendous at this point. Yeah. Uh, 
I kind of like the fact we're going on the road for this one. I don't know how you feel about that. To me, that's a big deal. I think the emotion of the day would just not be able to be replicated at home. And I think even though it's additional travel, it's additional logistics involved, I think it helps us kind of that us-against-everybody mentality um, that Oliver Glasner has been building. I think it's important to go on the road and play this game. And then we'll have some time to reset. Uh, I don't even know. Who do we have in the next one after that? Uh, after Augsburg, we have Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. On Wednesday. So another short God damn, another short turnaround uh, going from Saturday to Wednesday. Um, so there's, I mean, look, there's no time. The, the boys, this is what this is what their agenda is going to be now. The boys are going to be, they're going to go run at the beach tomorrow, go do their stretches, and enjoy the beach day tomorrow. I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be touching a ball, nothing like that. They're going to go to the beach, take an afternoon flight back to Frankfurt, and then watch some film. And then, you know, they'll probably have some have some practice sessions on Wednesday and Thursday, have a walkthrough on Friday, and then travel down there in Augsburg. So they're going to have a very, very chill couple days because obviously they have they well deserve it. So I'm, in, I'm interested to see what happens in the lineup that we're going to put in there. I mean, it's going to be a hefty, hefty schedule coming up because, you know, we play, like you said, we play Augsburg Saturday, Hoffenheim on Wednesday, then we play Mainz again on Sunday, and then we have an international break in between then. So we are playing three games in a matter of what? I can't do math right now. Less than <laughs> 10 days. Not eight days. Yeah. So... I would like to see some, you know, squad rotation with this game, especially with Augsburg in the position that they are at, they are at in the form that they're at, because you know the Bundesliga is notorious of is a notorious of playing in uh, ways and trends and stuff. So, I mean, I would love to see Boy kind of start in this game. You know, I think we should get some some confidence confidence booster. You know, I like to see Ali do get some starts as well. Um, what about this Unguene guy? You know, are we going to see him starting maybe alongside with Smolchich get our defense some um, some rest? So I think I think we should definitely rest this squad for wrestlers most of the squad on Saturday because I think the Hoffenheim and Mainz games are going to be a little bit more crucial and more challenging when you know we end up finishing our, our, our the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, so our next three matches uh, in league play at Augsburg this weekend, um, Hoffenheim at home on Wednesday, and then at Mines. I'm going to be honest, we're going to draw points at somewhere there. It's just the nature of where things are. With how much it's going to get to mines. Playing. Oh, it, I, I, it's, it's I draw that as a loss. Gonna be mines. Absolutely, oh, especially yeah. on the road. It makes no sense. Yeah, that place is a no house sense. of horrors for us in recent years. Um, but I'll make the point that after that, our next competitive match. They're also going to haunt us at the end of the season. It's going to happen, and it's going to be a very important game. But yes, yes continue. Sorry. Uh, no, I mean, between the international slash World Cup break, uh, our next real competitive match is going to be against Schalke on January 21st. So we have three matches, and then we can take a breath. You know what I mean? It It's a lot, because that's three matches in 10 days coming off the emotions of today. But it's not it's not impossible, uh, especially with this squad, with the depth we've seen. Uh, guys, like you mentioned, uh, having Knauf back. And Aladu, we have capable depth in Bore. 
Um, Alario, I would love to see him get going before the break. If there's anybody who could prove his value in our depth, um, it's Alario. I mean, it, he had a couple good looks very early in the season, scored a nice goal. I just want to see the guy get going. You know, he's a guy that plays off confidence and rhythm, and he's found none of it. I don't know if he will. He was kind of a flyer at the beginning of the year. He still hasn't proven it, but, you know, he's a guy that's going to... He was a safety sign, in a sense, like, just in case, like, something were to happen with our front. But, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, i definitely like to see him in stripe because he is, you know, he is essentially a Bundesliga legend, let alone a Leverkusen legend. And he's a guy that can benefit. He's not going to be partaking in a World Cup roster. Uh, We've got three, four, five um, uh, friendlies during that window there. And for those that aren't going to be watching the World Cup closely for one reason or another, there's a lot of Frankfurt matches being played that are going to kind of give those guys opportunities to say, hey, once that January and February schedule picks up and you need me again, we got a Pokal match in February, we got Champions League in February, um, we're going to need that depth again. So... Man, there's a lot to play for in these last three weeks uh, or three matches before three the games, break. Three games, yeah. I mean, we're sitting at fifth in the table, and we are six points behind first place. <laughs> if if you had told me that before the season, I would have sacrificed my dog for you. I really would have. It, <laughs> this is amazing times to be alive. For sure. And, you know, obviously we have those games coming up, but just so that the people know, um, in case we don't drop another episode, the draw for the round of 16 for the Champions League is going to be on Monday, November 7th. So it's uh, when we find out who uh, is going to be our next victim for our uh, historic trip. So that's November 7th. Monday. Yes, sir. All right. That's, you know, that's going to be interesting because we kind of talked about it off air. Um, The disadvantage to finishing second in the group is we're going to finish, we're going to play a team in a home and home series who finished first in their group. That's going to be the likes of the Man Cities or Napoli's or Liverpool's. And I'm all for it. I want the biggest name out there. Napoli. Napoli. Napoli came in first. You're right. You're right. Yes. Yep. So the yeah, so the teams are as it stands: Napoli, Porto, Bayern. Not Bayern because they the finished yep. at the top. Yeah, so it could be potentially Inter. I think in that situation, um, we have Chelsea, uh, most likely Real Madrid, most likely Manchester City, and most likely PSG. So I'm not shy about it. I mean, we've gone to Barcelona, we've gone to West Ham. Uh, we're not a club who's intimidated by names anymore. And would it, is it going to make it harder by not finishing first? Yes. Sure. But it's not intimidating to me in the least because we've seen what we can do in those opportunities. And we shock the world and everyone pays attention to us. And there's nothing more a diva loves than attention. That's why we're the moody diva. That's the definition right there. I love it. Matt, give me a prediction for Augsburg. Has it changed from what we talked about 24 hours ago? Uh, no, it, it hasn't. You know, I think we're still going to, I think we're going to come out of a victorious 2-1 um, out of, you know, Bayern, essentially. 
I don't even remember what I said we're going to do. So, um, let's cue the, the, um, what's it called? The elevated music <laughs> or the Jeopardy music here. I'll look it up here quickly. Alright, I got it. You have predicted a 2 nothing loss. So, good fan on your end. Am I allowed to change that? You can change it. It has not been posted. I still think we're going to struggle. It's not going to be an 0-2 loss. It's going to be a 1-1 draw. I think we're going to get a point out of it. Uh, There's too much positivity going on right now. We have too many guys playing well to drop point or or um, drop all three points. But at the same time, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of emotions. And while we're not totally cured, we're not totally able to come out of it with our strongest game. So we're, we're going to pull out a draw on that one. One-to-one. Love it. Love how this completely changed your but decision. I will say if we get the one-one draw at Augsburg this weekend – we better take all three points at mines two weeks later because I'm going to lose my shit if, you know, we drop points to Augsburg, assume that we beat Hoffenheim because it's at home, and then we go to mines and lose. So we drop five out of the last eight points available to us, then I'm going to be really concerned. So I think there's still a lot to play out here in the final three games before the break. Hey, hey receptionist. Can you circle in uh, November fourteenth? Uh, uh, Chris will lose his shit losing to Mainz quickly. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm Sorry, a, buddy. That that's that's guaranteed to happen. I'm a Frankfurt <laughs> fan. My therapist is always on standby at a moment's notice. It's just kind of part of the game. Uh, Matt, it's gonna happen. Today was an outstanding day. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> it's been an emotional a- day. It's been a busy week. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to having a little bit of a break. I love doing this podcast. I love talking to you. But, man, the highs, the lows, all the feelings we have, it catches up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that's why we love this team so much because it's such an emotional roller coaster that even if you're tired, you know, you wake up the next day saying, all right, when are we back on the pitch? When is this team coming back out? You know, we did. We completely forgot to mention how sexy we look in those red kits and how, how oh, so happy we wore those today. But that's the, that's the way of the Frankfurt life, man. It's, it's a roller coaster from, you know, August to May, August to June. You know, it, it's interesting because our recent history is uh, success in white. And, you know, the black and white in a variety of versions is – been our European motto in recent years. Um, but like Garrett reminded me today, in 1980, we were wearing red and white. In uh, 1960, we were wearing red and white. So I personally, oh. I'm, I'm still wearing the red. I love the red. Uh, but I don't care what color we wear. This, this team's ready. They're fired up. But I mean... Those are good years too. So they I'm not were. saying it, but I'm saying it without saying it. You wink, know what? Wink. Those are fantastic years. Um, Hong Kong. And, and what we've shown is that history is important, but this team is writing their own history. And um, I just, yeah, I got nothing more. <laughs> we're shook. <laughs> We're shook. Clearly, we're speechless after speaking for 46 minutes, but yeah, we're shook. 
46 minutes of one of the most positive podcasts that I remember in my 150 or so uh, weeks on this show. So, Matt, it's been fun. Uh, where are you on the social media? And the Twitter escape, you can find me at WagMA underscore, and you can find me on Instagram at underscore Wagner8. And Matt does a great job with the show's Instagram um, at Hey on Track Frankfurt. On Instagram, I had some really awesome uh, stuff today. Some of our followers sharing the posts that Matt puts out there. Just awesome interaction. Our website had a record high number of hits today. We had three people submit um, submit uh, scores that nailed that 2-1 finish today. So I'm going to make sure we get t-shirts and other goodies out to them uh, wow, real awesome. quickly. Yeah, I don't remember the names because I don't have the email up, but I'll definitely give them a shout out soon. Um, it's really getting fun interacting with people here. It's, it's funny how like winning makes everybody happy and want to be more involved. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird how uh, sports success kind of gives success elsewhere. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Yeah. So um, there was a great turnout today. It uh, Jack Dempsey's in New York. Some awesome photos out of there. Uh, lots of love on Instagram, Twitter from all around Germany, all around Europe. People have fallen in love with the movie diva. And I'm not going to say she's dead yet because she's still out there. But, man, let's just enjoy She's never going to die. Like, no. She's and, never going to die. And you know but what? She's going to stay with us in good times as well. I don't want her to die because part of what makes following this club so great is that we've had such emotional lows. And you have to have that balance. So she's going to rear her ugly head at some point, And we're going to be like, oh, hey, there you were. We missed you. And then we're going to shut her up for a while again. But you know what? That's what yeah, we're she, for. She, we look forward to she can show up for title. She can show up for title chances and stuff like that. When it comes to relegation battles, you know, she should stay in her cave. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, send us your predictions for Eintracht at Augsburg on uh, Twitter at HEFpod or Facebook.com forward slash HEFpod. Submit your predictions on our website, www.hefpod.com. We got some submissions from Australia today. That was pretty cool. Oh. And some show feedback. Land down under. We, we got some new topics for Matt to cover in upcoming episodes. So we're going to talk about that. Matt, I know you love your X's and O's. We're going to talk about starting 11s next week. Fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's, Put me in, coach. That's your Put favorite topic. I know it. All right. So uh, for everybody from Hey on Track Frankfurt, the podcast here, it's been so much fun. It's been such a great week. I am headed down to St. Louis to watch Eintracht in Augsburg with Nathan. Uh, we're going to talk some new show ideas and some new things to get people more involved. And this is a fan podcast for the fans, by the fans, about the greatest club in the world. And it's truly, I, I speak for you, Matt. I speak for myself and the other hosts. This is the most exciting part of our week. There's no doubt about it. Amen. <laughs> all right. So for all of you listening, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you soon. Cheers. It doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't fucking matter. We're going on to the knockout stages. Holy shit. <laughs> Hey, I'm trying to find for a